0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Noisy Fulfillment, a Desperate Housewives podcast where we take you back in time episode by episode of ABC's Desperate Housewives. Today we are breaking down season one, episode six, Running to Standstill," Still, written by Tracy Stern, another woman in the writer's room. Yay! I'm here for it. Let's go ladies. Who runs <laughs> yes. the world? And directed by Fred Gerber. I am Rachel Warren, and my framing question today is about power. How important is power to you, Amanda Baum? Um, hmm, That's a great
1: question. I think it kind of depends for me on where where we're talking and when we're talking about. Like, I'm a seventh grade
0: teacher back in school for three days, and I think – And you still made it for this podcast. I'm just saying, I'm so, I don't know what to say with you. Still standing,
1: barely. (laughs) Um, I think like at the beginning of the year, before I have everything figured out with my students and what they need and how we're all going to engage together, I think, I think power is important then only because I need to feel like I have everything under control and like I can plan for everything But then as the school year goes on, I feel like that power is less important once I can trust the people that I'm sharing it with. In my house, I don't feel like I necessarily need to have power. I feel like more than anything, I just need to have a voice and be heard. How about you, Rachel?
0: So it's a gendered question, as as a lot of what we talk about is, is is gendered, and I think that there is a negative connotation that if you're a woman and you admit, yeah, I kind of like having a little bit of power, um, that that is negative, that there there's something wrong with that. We should it, it feels uneasy to us. But I agree with you that in certain places, in certain times, in certain spaces, I need to I need to feel powerful. One of the one of the ways in which I know this is true about me is that I've had a lot of agency in my own life. I grew up, I I grew up uh, in generational poverty, and one of the ways that I knew that I would be able to make things better for me was was by attaining a certain level of power, a, little, a certain level of agency in my own life that I could be the person who figures out who you know, where I go to college and that those things were important to me. So when I merged lives with uh, someone else, when I, when I consciously coupled with my husband, nice. um, there nice was job. a power. Nice job
1: with that Gwyneth Paltrow.
0: Thank you. Um, with the, uh, I, that was, a, that, that I have, I have so many feelings about that. Um, but anyway, um, one of the things that I learned about myself is that um, when we were planning our wedding, other people had an opinion and they were willing to contribute to our wedding. And if they pay, they get a say. And mm. that was that was a, a a moment of power for me. And so ooh, I'm feeling some of that agency taken away from me. And yes, um, when you have felt a lot of agency in your own life, um, it can be hard to let someone else have a say.
1: Yes, I feel that my. This, I'm in my second marriage and my first marriage was very much that way to the point where um, some of the people who thought they had a say caused me to have so much anxiety on the wedding day when we were getting set up that I like hid behind a bar at one oh point gosh. to just get away from it. But um, I I think kudos to you for realizing that having agency was your way to kind of flip the script on your life because I think in many cases people just don't see a way out and end up being a a product of that cycle instead of like finding a way to, you know, make it what they want, like, like rewrite their own their own destiny, I guess.
0: And we have to be in places where decisions are being made about women. Um, so that if there's not a woman who has the power to be in a room where we're making decisions about women, about women, that's going to happen. We become a product instead of yep. um, being able to, to assert our own power. So we've a already product, like, a product
1: instead of a purveyor. I don't know. Is a purveyor, oh, is I love the, purveyor that. the right word for
0: that? I, I, I'm here for one, I'd have to look it up. Um, but, it sounds, but I'll it take it. Right. it I'll take right. it.
1: Same I liked the dream. alliteration of it. It
0: was it worked for me. Definitely, I I I, um, I agree. Um, some missed opportunities. Uh, from last time and three times before that, we talked. We had a couple of them last time when we circled back. But one that I wanted to circle back to was women in the writers' room because mm-hmm. last time we talked in episode five, we had our first uh, episode that was written by and directed by a woman, and that was exciting. And we 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 looked at that. And I wanted to do a deep dive on what that writer's room looked like. And I kind of wanted to see this is a 2004 product. Tradition, you know, again, it has it has plenty of things that I hope appeal to men. And we talked about having um, male counterparts come on. We have a guest uh, guest star that's going to come on who's male uh, pretty soon. And I'll be excited about that. We talked about our husbands being guest stars mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and having the male perspective. But this is a product that was pretty much marketed for women. And so okay. I wanted to see if in 2004, this is what the writer's room looked like for a product that was, that was supposed to be going out to women. And what does it look like in 2021? And so I used one of your favorite uh, series, I think, which is Handmaid's Tale. Hey, Yes.
1: Yes. And I Bless thought. Blessed day. Blessed day.
0: <laughs> I, I have to say, I uh, literally just watched the first episode this week. So oh, my husband and I watched it together.
1: It'll give you nightmares right away.
0: <laughs> it already does. Um, but looking at those writers' rooms, right? So we, so looking at the, looking at um, Desperate Housewives, just the first season. I only looked at the first two, the first season of each series. Um, there were six male directors, one female director and 5 episodes directed by women, 18 episodes directed by men. So 21, 22-ish percent of the episodes were directed by women. So the other 80, you know, almost 80% were directed by men. In can I ask it? Can I ask yeah. a follow-up question?
1: Yes. Were any of the the episodes directed by women directed by women who also were acting in the series? Because I feel like that's becoming more of a thing where you see somebody who's like one of the main actors is also credited as directing a show. Was absolutely.
0: that absolutely? And I and I see, and I think we see that a lot more with executive producing. Like uh, think yes. yes, I think about that. I think about The Office. Jennifer Fisher becoming an executive producer in definitely in the last uh, ser- season of The Office, but in the mm-hmm. first season of uh, Desperate Housewives, we don't have any of the any actor okay. I- at all. I don't I don't think unless somebody did unless somebody And it wasn't a lot of stunt directing either, if you get my meaning. Like, I don't see, um, I don't see, like, a Paul Feig or, you know, somebody who I know has been, uh, has done multiple shows or something like that, um, So that was, okay. So we talked about that. So 20, you know, 22% if I'm being generous, okay. uh, episodes directed by women. And then in terms of written by women, we had 10 male writers and we had five female writers, seven episodes written by women, or at least with a woman as part of a writing team mm-hmm. and 16 episodes written by men. So about 30%. So 70% written by men, 30% mm-hmm. written by women. So disappointing, right? right, right. Um, Whereas I have to say, we've made some progress because looking at the first season of uh, Handmaid's Tale, we have one male director, four female directors. Eight episodes out of 10, got to say, there are only 10 episodes in that series, but we're in that season of that series, but we're used to that. That's it. That's different. But eight episodes directed by women, two episodes directed by men, 80% of the episodes were directed by women.
1: So it's almost a reversal.
0: Exactly. So I I mean... and this was 2017. So it's even, it's even a little dated from, from that. That's four years ago already. And then in terms of the writer's room, we had two male writers and five female writers. So definitely outnumbered there. Five episodes were written by women and five episodes were written by men, but you definitely had more women in the writer's room, even if they didn't write the, the episode themselves. So 50% of the episodes were written by women. I
1: wonder because I feel like Handmaid's Tale is marketed towards women, but I think it also is very much a a feminist show. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. I feel like I feel like Housewives was written for women, mm-hmm. but it wasn't written for women in a way that um empower like I don't feel empowered when I watch it. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel I don't know. Not empower the opposite of empowered, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if if we looked at a different show that's marketed towards women, but is less of a of a commentary on you know the fight for for equal rights. I, I just I just wonder. Like I feel like Handmaids is like a pretty drastic show marketed for women. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely. So, uh, I absolutely. So have me all curious
1: about all of this.
0: Absolutely. So I, you know, one, uh, listeners, let us know what other shows that we should do a deep dive on and look yeah. at how they compare um, to 2000, to, to what it was, what we were looking at in 2004, uh, here in 2021, or at whatever time the series that you are, you are curious about is looking. So how's that yeah. for a deep dive, man?
1: Inquiring minds want to know.
0: I can't wait to know which ones they want us to see, too. So know, that, know, that'll be... That'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, our episode titled check-in, Running to Stand Still, is a U2, is a U2 song depicting mm-hmm. a heroin-addicted couple. Um, there's power dynamic there, but definitely is going to pull on the strings of uh, Lynette and the ADHD medication and self-medication. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, okay well if you would like to support us further uh, than just as a listener which we absolutely thank you for you can really help us out by hitting the subscribe button and leaving us a five-star review that really helps people find us because analytics equals search results and the whole world is one freaking algorithm love that one it's if not you a lie. leave me- <laughs> I know, you, you're you looking at Desperate Housewives and all of a sudden there's a book about Desperate Housewives and of course I bought that book about Desperate Housewives and I'm using it to inform my reading um, uh, in the Rewatch podcast. <laughs> um, if you leave us a review, on the, uh, we will read it on the air. So if you love to hear stuff you've written on the air, here's your chance. We would love to read that for you. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash, slash, slash noisy fulfillment. Slash is a word I can't say. It's I hard, it's hard. Yeah. Um, where you can comment on stuff, react to stuff, and also message us. You can also email us at noisyfulfillment at gmail.com. I haven't gotten an email yet, so I can't wait to get an email to that to our <laughs> Gmail. Um, and, be you so <laughs> and you can become a And you can yeah, I need one more email to check. <laughs> I have five emails at all times. Too many. Too many.
1: Too You're too, too accessible.
0: Much. I, I <laughs> that is an argument. Um, also, you can become a patron by contributing at any monetary level by going to anchor.fm slash Um Moving forward, we would like to reward our patrons, which I would like to find a cooler name for. We're going to have to find a Desperate Housewives-themed name for patrons. Mm-hmm. I'm in a rewatch podcast of Lost, and they called those candidates. And before that, it was a Game of Thrones one, and they were called Small Council. So we need to find something that is, I know, there's something we have to find. something that's themed so that that'll be our our first mission Mm -hmm. um but moving Mm -hmm. forward yeah we would like to reward whatever we call patrons with live watches bonus content and other goodies we're not there yet um and, and you've already heard this but uh um one of the things that I wanted to do to reward Amanda for doing this podcast for me is that she got a new mic. She got a microphone. with Yes. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> so we can give you more stuff uh, with contributions, Amanda. So I would, <laughs> I would love to know. It also helps us to support um, the financial support helps us to distribute the podcast and other things associated with having a podcast that come out of our pocket. And as teachers, we don't have any money, no, uh, but, but it's, yeah. but it's a labor of love. Right. And a gendered, a gendered, a thinly veiled criticism of a gendered labor market. Yes. Oh, Amanda, can you take us to a summary?
1: Yes, I absolutely can. So this episode was just a journey through all different sorts of of, um, things. We had Mama Solis still trying to track Gabby and um, Gabby finding out about her one of her vices and using it against her. We have Ooh. Lynette um trying to take down the uh the matriarch of her um her kids' school in the school. Captain tank. mom. Yes, yes. Miss Maisie, the queen of everything. Um we have Lynette kind of in a battle with her. And um that I thought that was really super interesting. We, gosh, what else happened? We found out where Zach is. Zach's being kept in a in a juvenile home, or not a juvenile home, like a therapeutic, but like an interesting therapeutic, like not kind of where right. like, I'd probably want to send my kid, but, yeah. um, and then we have Susan trying to get a hold of information in a way that was questionable and just lots of things. We have Brie and Rex working on their sex life in a super interesting way. What am I missing? I mean, what, what else
0: could there's there... So mu- there's so much there, and we've Son kind of, of already talked a little bit about um lynette
1: yeah yeah lynette lynette doing whatever it takes to get those costumes made for her kids school play
0: mm. yeah and then we'll end with uh, more of a mystery check in
1: yes who's dana
0: exactly okay can't wait to i'm ready this continue that one. Uh, so Mary Alice's first lines is uh, suburbia is a battleground an arena for all forms of domestic combat. Husbands clash with wives, parents cross swords with children but the bloodiest battles often involve women and their, their mothers in law. Yes. <laughs> the war for control of Carlos began the night he proposed and Gabrielle had been losing ground to Juanita ever since. And oh my get, gosh. Yeah, Her get,
1: deciding the color of the house was that was, that was it for me.
0: I sad. guess you don't have to look at your, the color of your house when you're inside it. But yeah, that's, I mean, it's personal. It, 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 that, that would be really personal. So in the, what I call the spinny flashback. Oh we yeah, say, yeah, your
1: favorite.
0: Yeah, I know it is my favorite. <laughs> um, we have the prenup, we have the prenup and it's like, oh, yeah, that sucks. The wedding music, man, stop screwing with people on their wedding.
1: Yeah. Just let a girl have her day.
0: No kidding. And y- y- you know what? And if I get married five times, let me have all five of those days.
1: Okay. Wait, really quick. What's your song that is like a do not, don't you dare play the song at my wedding? What's what's I, that song for you?
0: I am so sorry that I don't have one. <gasps> I really don't, and, and that's an, it, I know that makes me weird. I know that makes me weird because at every other anybody else's wedding that I have like helped with or, or learned about, there there were lists of of multiple songs or or even you know genres that they're not going to allow or something like that, and yeah. I was just not that person.
1: Mm, I had two. Don't yeah. you
0: dare come in with
1: the chicken dance or the macarena. Like <laughs> don't try that on me. But. I will come o- I will fly across the room in my gown and record
0: scratch if you play either of those songs. I I I can't I I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I think we definitely did the Cupid shuffle at my wedding oh, and I'm there for the Cupid shuffle. Okay but I didn't I didn't it didn't occur to me to tell anybody not to do, you know, but there they did ask about songs, particular songs like you don't want to play the song that you know your new husband and his ex-girlfriend that was their song or something. I totally get it. i'm I'm not discounting that that is a thing. It just wasn't it didn't happen yeah. for me, I guess. yeah, okay. Good. That, um, makes your,
1: that probably made your life less stressful on that day, like listening with half an ear to make sure they weren't
0: playing that song. Apparently, I was just as much of a bridezilla, though anybody was there will tell you that, I guess. Um, but yeah, the co- uh, so okay, the prenup, the wedding music, and the color of the house, and yeah. and now Juanita has a new request. She would like them to let go of Yowlin. Yeah,
1: so yeah, you don't we need were- a maid.
0: Yalin yeah, with her
1: sock dusting. Or are we done with that? Are we done dusting with the socks?
0: No, you Is have to over? dust with socks for the rest of your life now because Carlos can be looking for those socks. Well, maybe not. I don't know. After his after his curiosity was abated, perhaps he's not looking anymore because he has he doesn't seem to have a ton of an attention span. That's
1: true. That's true.
0: Yeah, uh, um, I
1: believe strongly that Mama Celeste trying to get rid of Yalin. That's that's. That's choosing violence, I think. Why do you say that? Because you just, like she doesn't live there all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't I have questions come, about that. Don't come into my house. She. It seems like she's camped out for a while, but like, don't come into my house and decide you're going to reroute how we do everything here. You know, like if if I'm. If my husband and I are have have decided how we want our house to run, like that's between us. It's not, it's not your business. So,
0: absolutely, I I agree completely. Um, I did I did have I had a lot here, I guess. So, wanting to want some to let go of Yao Lin because one, it seems that she said it seems that she says it's only it's only help when you do some of the work yourself. Uh, yes. Now, yes. you know, again. If my husband and I have decided that this works for our household, this works for our family, I'm not going to hear your blame and your shame about it. Right. Um, actually, I mean, I'll hear it, but I'm not going to listen. If that makes sense, I can right. hear. I can hear noise, but it doesn't mean I have to listen to noise, yes. or I have to active. I have to, you know, have any agreement with it. But in terms of the cost, she says that it, they pay her $300 a week. $300 a week is $15,000 a year. Certainly not anything to live off of. I don't know. I, I would assume that that means she doesn't work full time there. You're right. That it feels like she's camped out there. Like she's, it seems like she's there for an extended period of time, but I can't imagine that's full time.
1: I feel like we get some conflicting information on how often she's there because she's there in her like uniform, but -hmm. then like Gabby's doing it with John in the middle of the house (laughs) in the middle of the day. So like on the table, like what if she needed to
0: clean the damn table?
1: Right, like I don't, I guess I, I have questions about her, her hours, what her shifts look like.
0: And again, I did a little bit of a deep dive just looking at what that would be in 2021's money. And still, it's nothing. It's $21,574. If we were were going to change it to inflation and look at what that would be in 2021 currency, um, which we know has not been adjusted minimum wage and and wages have been stagnant for a lot longer than (laughs) since 2004. Um, But just looking at what it would have been, I looked at the minimum wage, the federal minimum wage was five fifteen in 2004, and we're not even close. So we're not, you know, it, again, we're, it wasn't even close that I would have said she's not full time. And yeah, there, there's other, you're right, we get conflicting information. But again, not that $15,000, I do I have $15,000 to just spend on anything? But if that's what works for their family, I am so not here to tell anybody how their house gets cleaned or, you know child care costs money i mean it's not it's it's an in it's a um uh inelastic demand in my in, in my estimation
1: well and also if we're worried about money at casa de solis then like why with the maserati was it maserati no
0: yeah it was a yeah. maserati spider
1: why with the maserati and then gabby coming in with armloads of bags from burberry like yep. you know what i'm saying like she dropped about probably a good 5,000 on all those bags of, of things that she had. I she wouldn't
0: gone. even know. I'm delighted that, it, like, I, I wouldn't even know, but the necklace was 15,000? Uh, the Tanaka, the ass grabber Oh, necklace. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: the ass grabber from episode one. I think it was a a high number like that, yes. Okay, So if,
0: like,
1: I could... I mean, if we're going to cut, if we're going to cut things, <laughs> like, get me a, a Buick instead, or even, like, a Volvo instead of a Maserati, but, like, let me keep my let me keep my housekeeper because like we have a system that works in our house. Mm-hmm. That's thank you for coming to my Ted talk on that.
0: It, absolutely. It just, uh, I felt like the number f- if it's 15,000, it would be interesting to me to be like, here's my necklace back. I'm keeping right. my, I'm keeping my, I'm keeping help on my house. Um right. But regardless, uh, this is not one that Juanita's is going to win. It looks like, you know, Carlos at first is like, yeah, you know, kind of, maybe this is something like he, he seems to be on her side and you know, I don't know my I'm not I'm I say I'm not sure if my husband is just smarter than Carlos. I'm positive my husband is smarter than Carlos, but I, I I'm i sure he is. But regardless, he seems totally clueless to Gabby's seduction having anything to do with losing Yao Lin. It was
1: ridiculous. The second she came out, what like strutting her little strut in her silky robe and probably, you know, hundred dollar bra and panty set i was like oh here she goes gonna keep her housekeeper what a transactional relationship i know we've said mm-hmm. that we use that phrase before but like gabby come on like use your use your smarts to reason with him on why don't just use your parts to make him want to do what you want him to do i don't
0: know and we end and we get. You know, he had a great time because the next morning when he comes downstairs to Juanita and Juanita says, good morning, Carlos, the maid stays.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So like Uh, that to me, the way that he,
1: the way that he said that to her, like that to me, lets me know that he maybe is a little bit smarter and he, he kind of knew what she was trying to do because otherwise, like, what does it matter if the maid stays or not? Like he doesn't, he doesn't need to say something to his visiting mom about, about that. But it was obvious to me in that moment that like, he knew that his mom had been trying to weasel it in a little bit, I think. I don't know. Well,
0: then I'm glad that we can give him, we can give him praise for uh, being aware of, of the <laughs> that, manipulation. That one
1: time. Aware of that
0: one time. Oh. Yeah. Um, yes. his under, Juanita has underestimated her opponent. She got the prenup. She got the house color. She got the wedding band. But damn it, we're keeping y'all in.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Socks. Socks and dusting are going to keep happening in the house of Solis.
0: And a bit of an alibi for right. <laughs> the um, extramarital relationships. The ex- We'll call it an elective class. Elective We'll call it, oh, a- we'll call it an off-campus <laughs> elective class. Uh, yeah, Gagging.
1: Yuck. Sorry. Sorry.
0: It, 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 the better yeah. – the sooner – the sooner the better with that one. Yeah. Um, let's go over to the neighborhood yard sale. Are you a yard sale girl, Amanda? Um, I, There have been points in my life where I've
1: enjoyed it, but like I feel like it just – I get overwhelmed by mm-hmm. a, a bunch of things all altogether where I have to dig through things. Like I think I was made for one of those shops where there's like five things on a rack and I can see everything at one time. Yes. And I don't have to like – Ugh. like I love, I like the stuff I can get at Kohl's, but I feel like I have to work so hard to see what my options are there. And a yard sale feels the same to me. I know I'm not a fan of hosting them. And there was a time where whenever I would have something I would want to get rid of, my husband would be like, oh, well, let's keep it in case we have a garage sale. And I'm like, I hate having a garage sale. Like, I, no, let's get rid of
0: it. Take it to Goodwill. So how about you? Are you a yard sale person? So I've gotten talked into them a couple of times because my mom loves, my mom absolutely loves them. She likes being on both sides. Ugh it is so her thing and and I you know she would have stuff and she would tell me you'll get more money for it at your in your neighborhood because you do like a large scale oh. garage sale the whole neighborhood does it yes. um so I've gotten talked into a couple of them but in terms of like money one I'm terrible at knowing what things are worth or what for me if I don't want it anymore and you're Amanda my friend and you want it it's all yours I really don't want any yeah. money from it I just it out of my house. And I you know, one, I'm delighted that it's going to uh, that you're going to use it and have a use for it. I really don't want your money. It, it I don't it, I guess it just depends what it is. I suppose if it's something very expensive like, you know, a go-kart or something that will cost us a ton or something and it has value, but no, I really don't want you giving me five dollars for. Thanks. I don't even know, like a bust form that I thought was a really cool uh uh decoration at one point in my life. I truly, I truly don't. And in terms of like, I, like how much work it is to Ugh. like set up for a garage sale or a yard sale, I Ugh. just I, it's not worth it to me. If no. I were gonna do it, I actually we talked about this in the last the last round of yard sales, I would do an honesty sale. I would put my Venmo out and all my crap and be like you can have anything you want and you can pay whatever you want for it and if you give me nothing for it if you don't Venmo me anything for it you just have to live with yourself
1: oh my gosh that's amazing I
0: love that (laughs) because it is so not worth that work for Uh, me I would just leave all this crap out pricing things and putting stickers on ugh. That's why I'll always be poor though. And I know that I get it because we've had, And it's different in different families because in other families that have married into my family, man, it's like a huge deal with them.
1: And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh
0: my gosh, that's so like, again, that's why my family will always be poor uh, because it's just not worth it. But anyway, back to the, back to the neighborhood yard sale that we're trying to get to um mary ellis you know it's kind of funny because it's her doing the the voiceover about the yard sale that's a lot of her stuff and Mm. she says you know people often miss hidden treasures susan says she's surprised to see mary ellis award from the chamber of commerce for sale and so susan buys it because she doesn't want it going to anybody else Yes. And
1: I was, it had me thinking about a couple of different things, like plaques and things that I've gotten that I I would just as soon leave in a box. And my husband's like, no, you have to have it out because it's like, you earned it. But I'm like, it's just so enough. supportive, so supportive, just so special. But also it's just another thing to like collect dust. And it's not, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Like I, I can remember what I did without having to look at the thing but I understand Susan's point of view of like you know Zach deserves to have that memory of his mom doing something great I mean I get it that was a heavy bowl you could you could knock out a burglar with that bowl I think
0: I was thinking of that and all I could think of is I guess I could put candy in that but I didn't I don't understand why anybody would want it if it has my name on it I just why do you want this Rachel Warren award in your house (laughs) like I'm I don't I don't get that one. I wouldn't get It's. I I would have said that that doesn't go in the yard sale if he doesn't want to look at it because it has Mary Alice's name on it. He's going to have to throw it away. And I just again what something is worth to somebody else I suppose. But um, Paul is out of things to wrap it in and it is a glass heavy bowl. We don't want it to break. So he's going to wrap it up in a yellow blanket that will become important later.
1: Yes, and it looked, I realized at the end of the episode what it was that I saw, but when he mm. was quick wrapping it, I mean, now remember, I don't remember anything Good. about this show. It mm-hmm. looked like blood on the blanket, but then I, like, mm-hmm. when it went quickly, but then I realized later what it was, and it didn't maybe appear to be blood. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed Carlos being <laughs> the yard sale. Like, what are you doing, bud? Because he's in, like, his suit, but he's got, like, his tie, like, you know, like, he's trying to, you know, let his neck breathe a little bit, but, like, People have yard sales on the weekend. Why are you dressed in a full suit and tie middle of the day? Like that just, I don't know. I didn't buy it. I didn't well, buy it. Well, maybe
0: Mama Celise is just like Rachel's mom and Amanda's mom and that she's just <laughs> a yard sale kind of gal. She's there looking for books, looking for books for her bookshelf. That's what my mom would be doing. Well, they do have that conversation where Carlos and Money to discuss Gabby's possible affair, and she says, "You know, Carlos, don't." We? He's like, "Look at all these men; it could be any of them." Right. And she says, "No, Carlos, don't be stupid. It's not somebody she's going to talk to in public.
1: It's Someone she's not going to talk to." But she did seem really friendly with the one guy that we didn't know.
0: Yes, and he's I have like- no idea. He's what we call it, like he's like he's just a background actor.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know him from, and if I do, I've totally forgotten him. But I don't. I think it was just right. to illustrate that she is Ill, Ill, that she's somewhat of a that she's somewhat of a um, flirtatious person person in general. Yeah. So she's yeah, very friendly. friendly. She's extra friendly. Extra friendly. That's a good way to put it. Um, the core four discuss Zach, and mm-hmm. they wonder where he could be. Um, Susan tried to get Paul to talk about that and uh, she says, you know, you know, he's visiting relatives and she said he says, yeah, when- well, which ones? you don't know you them. Never,
1: you don't know him.
0: Well and how did then you get that lip.
1: Yeah, I for asking too many questions or whatever he said.
0: He uh, did.
1: Ugh, okay.
0: A- a threatening at the same time, I gotta say well played. <laughs> yeah,
1: super menacing. like he just has that menacing undertone. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, let's see. Then, so then we go right. The next thing we see is Zach. Where where he Paul's headed to visit yes. Zach?
0: Yes. Yes. And it seems like, that we do have a diagnosis: um, severe depression, borderline personality disorder. Um, so he's on antidepressants and a mood stabilizer. And the doctor says he wants mm-hmm. to just prescribe some talk therapy. Paul's not in it.
1: Nope. Forget the Freud and give him the drugs. He doesn't want him. He doesn't want him doing any sort of therapy. He just wants him sedated.
0: Great message.
1: Yeah, that's that's excellent. I feel like that's and, really child centered there.
0: And I guess that's running to stand still. Right. The t- talking about um, drug abuse and dependency.
1: hmm. Mm hmm. I think that like I wonder at that point, what is the doctor thinking like? you know, like, why wouldn't you want your kid to come out of this? Why would you, why would you, why would your go-to be, I mean, we know why it is, but like, if you're the, if you're the medical professional here, wouldn't you be questioning why, like, if somebody's plan is to just keep their, keep their kids sedated for the long haul without, like, doing any processing and trying to help them through whatever it is that's, that's got them in that inpatient treatment in the first place?
0: and i would think that that would be a mandated reporting kind of thing and that yeah. this is this is all going to come back to the pediatrician and and having a team of care and mm-hmm. so maybe this isn't as legit we talked about that a little bit that mm-hmm. this it seems like this is not where i would send my child to get help mm-hmm. it there, there seems to be some issues in terms of security in terms yes. of yes. the practitioners <laughs> got so much so much going on here can't wait to circle back awesome well we're at Barcliffe Academy and we meet Maisie Gibbons you got your kids in the door and now you get to deal with the kind of people who send their kids there and new new character right Uh, Maisie Gibbons and she okay if you've read Darcy Allen's uh, novel um, A Simple Favor*, or seen the movie with Blake Lively and yes yes okay um they don't use this as much in the movie but they the the prototype for Maisie Gibbons would be a Captain Mom is what they call her mm-hmm. um, and she's played by Sharon Lawrence of NYPD Blue is and Isles fame and uh, this is one of those uh, Island of Misfit shows and random obscure crap that only uh, that only I like uh, Face on the Milk Carton with Kelly Martin I think it was um, after school special it's uh it was ABC Family before they're oh, whatever yes, they, they are yes. now so, yes. Okay. Oh, so which is funny because uh, um, Sharon Lawrence, she auditioned for the part of Brie, which makes total sense to me. She gives me total Brie vibes. Yeah, 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 for sure that tracks. Mm. Yeah. So she, she doesn't re- want the wolf killed. Yeah, she doesn't. She
1: doesn't feel like she feels like euthanasia should never be the option. So instead, they are going to you know kind of ch- help that wolf change his ways
0: yeah she so there's the end of the brothers grim fairy tale come on little red Riding hood is what you selected you would think that you would just find something that doesn't ha- i don't like i guess you're gonna take the conflict out of anything we do right, um right and then it look, would be lynette's livid lynette yeah. is like the wolf is
1: the bad guy like this
0: <laughs> this isn't how this goes Oh, but wait a minute. You don't get to have an opinion because... Yes, leave
1: the creative suggestions to the moms who do the heavy lifting. All you're doing is taking tickets on opening nights.
0: Having worked in situations like this, I would do anything for anybody to come and do anything and be nice to me. Yes. I'd just, like, take tickets, do, do anything, but maybe let's just not let or have one person that has to do 18 things that's the biggest piece so i would have been, you know what again this this is why i would not be a very good captain mom i would not be a very good Maisie gibbons because i'm just so grateful people showed up and are not throwing tomatoes at me
1: yes but i also think that maybe maybe there's some sort of different code at private school
0: you mm-hmm. know what i mean okay.
1: at public Fair. school 100 yes and it's always one mom well not always but like in my experience in elementary and back when we used to have parties, it was, like, one parent, usually a mom, doing everything, and, like, the other parents all have 100 reasons why they can't be there, which mo- I would say 99% of them are legit, and mm-hmm. probably 1% of them are people who don't want to go deal with Captain Mom. But, like, I think <laughs> in private school, um, I think parents tend to be more involved, okay, which is part of the reason that they – are making the conscious choice to do the work to send their kids to private school rather than just opening the door and kicking them out to get on the bus and go to public school where, you know, things just kind of get taken care of without you having to do a whole lot of involvement, I guess.
0: And deal with the fact that we're going to get medieval on that wolf.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Medieval.
0: <sighs> oh, over to Bree, right?
1: Uh, Yes. So I remember the, they were in the kitchen, right?
0: Mm-hmm. The ladies are all talking together, and uh and Juanita is just the 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 hanger on. Is going to yep. go everywhere Gabby goes. Not going to let her out of her sight. We're used to yep. this, right? And Bree yep. says, "You know, I'm jealous. My mother in law would never want to hang out with me all day." And Gabby's like, oh, "Sounds nice, right?" <laughs> she sounds lovely. <laughs> um, Danielle and John walk in. Uh Danielle being Bree's daughter, and John being you know. Gabby Gabby Gabby's boy toy and Gabby's like oh are they a thing and Bree says no they're
1: in the abstinence club together and Gabby just physical comedy spits that coffee out all over the place
0: and I here's the thing even if she didn't know um that uh that John maybe is not I don't know is it not part should not necessarily be president of the abstinence club he didn't say he was president but that it, even if she didn't know that i wonder if gabby would have done the same spit take to be like is that really a thing i think i think that she could have done a spit take either way even yeah. if it wasn't john
1: right right
0: interesting but it was interesting to me i didn't think brie would let a boy go upstairs with danielle either i would no. have thought that maybe they, they were together in common areas or something. My husband and I have talked about that and our daughter is only seven. We're like, you know, as soon as we, how, how long do we still let kids go upstairs and not be supervised or something like that? Um, so we've already had those conversations. I'm not cool with it. So.
1: No, I remember like my best friend in fifth and sixth grade was a boy Mm -hmm. and I would go over to his house and we would like, Sit in his room and play. Like, I remember specifically sitting in his room, playing video games, and, like, nobody thought anything of it because we were fifth sixth okay. grade. But then I don't remember. I remember having a boyfriend in, like, ninth grade and his mom being cool if we, like, hung out in his room. But I don't remember ever, like, having a boy in my room when my parents were home.
0: Okay. That's fair. Uh, yeah. And a driving age, I think, makes that different, too, was mm-hmm. that, you know, and where where stuff was like, um, you know, the we and stuff like at our house is in a common area because I want to play with it and I don't want to go into your room. I don't want to be right. on your room. So right. I guess it just depends what they what they're doing and they're going up to the room and door open, door closed. I, Danielle still has a door. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Sue so Susan watched Paul head out. um and she wonders where Zach is. So she goes over to Ida Greenberg's to borrow two eggs that she uh, loaned her last Christmas. That's clever, Susan. And Ida's fresh out, man. Yeah, so she's like, well,
1: you can let me borrow your car instead. And then proceeds to ask her if she can drive a stick. And honestly, I thought this was going to be a setup for something a little bit more adventurous with the stick. But <laughs> of course the car that Susan wants to borrow is like a more complicated car to drive
0: of course it is anything that's going to get her into some slapstick comedy uh that would be the way to do it and but I I really do love the hey I need those eggs that I loaned you last Christmas well I don't have them okay how about your car
1: right right
0: (laughs) okay sure (laughs) why not Um, and the whole the whole thing is that she wants a car that she won't be recognized in and I agree with you. I saw this going a different way. Like you're trying to get a car so that you can be like incognito, but at the same time, not knowing how to drive a stick properly is something someone's going to notice as you're trying to be under the radar. Right.
1: Right. I and I really wanted more from that storyline. I really wanted that to bloom a little differently during this episode. Maybe I they were short like, on time. Maybe. I felt like I felt like my fantasy was not realized with that.
0: <sighs> Missed opportunities. Mark Go back and do it right.
1: Yep. Okay, so Bandy Camp's back to therapy.
0: Oh, Dr. find He says they're making excellent progress. Uh, okay. Can I see the rubric? Where's the <laughs> right. matrix? Right. What's the success
1: criteria for that?
0: What would it look like if we were making, um, like... If excellence a four and proficient is a three, what would proficient progress look like? Because I just don't see it. No, no, I don't see any. I mean, he's still living in the
1: motel Mm
0: -hmm. and he's
1: not really being nice to her.
0: No, no. No. Marie agrees, though. I mean, I guess showing up, maybe that was success. But Dr. Goldfein says that there are other areas that they need to address. And Rex says one of those is their sex life.
1: Yes. And so Dr. Goldfine op- offers up a sexual surrogate which I think Bree sort of in her head thinks that maybe Rex just wants to invite somebody else into the bedroom to watch.
0: In particular, she picks up on the she? Yes. That the se- the sexual surrogate will be a she. Right. And I think I should get a I should get a um say in you know, if if I'm going to go along with this anyway, um, right. the the person and maybe you know, since I'm the one that seems to be uncomfortable with this, and you're the one that seems to be comfortable with this, perhaps I should get to choose the 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 identity and the the gender of the person who is there while we're having sex. Right, and and the doctor says you'll hardly know she's
1: there; she'll just kind of coach you along. And then Bree says to Rex, "How much longer?" is this midlife crisis going to last? Because it's really ticking me off.
0: And I don't blame her. I, I don't
1: either, but I also I also feel like when you're in a situation where you're going to couples therapy and you're committed to it, I, I think maybe you got to say that a different way.
0: Yeah, definitely, and the storming out. We have to stay there for it. We have to be in the crap, right? right? Right. You don't get to do a dump and run with your words. There it is. We're not in traffic. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, can't wait to see what, what, what comes of that. Um, but over at Lynette's, the ladies are playing poker. Do you play poker, Amanda? Um, I do not. Do you? I love to play poker. It is actually, we're going to deep dive on this one. So I might, I don't know if I'm going to edit this one out, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I love to play poker. My husband, when we were dating, he taught me how to play poker and I, I feel like I got pretty good at it. Um, there is a group of, uh, there's a group of guys that he was playing, that he, that he was playing with and they let me play Mm -hmm. and it didn't seem to bother them that I was a girl. We played on Zoom because of coronavirus. We played Mm -hmm. on Zoom and had an app and I really enjoyed it. We haven't played since summer but also the pandemic was like winding down at the beginning when we stopped playing and we started talking about going in person but mm-hmm. I'm really hoping that we get to play again because I miss it I was I we played I think like eight like eight Fridays in a row oh wow and I loved it and it's very low stakes but I really like it and one of the reasons that I ended up playing with them is that I told a story um to one of the, one of the guys in that poker circle I told him a story that Chris and I had gone to Dubuque um to a casino mm-hmm. I won't mention which one it is but I wanted to play and he wanted to play and we signed up to play and they gave you like a little uh, pager for mm-hmm. when it's your turn just like at, like you go to a restaurant yeah and um Chris's buzzer went off first, which was fine. So he sat down, and I, I asked if I could sit as long as I didn't talk. And the, the, Casino host said that was fine but I had a question. There are two ways that I've played poker before. We play Texas Hold'em and sometimes you have to play with two in your hand, like you have to play both cards that you have, your whole cards, and then three on the board. And in some situations, you can just pick one of your whole cards and choose four on the board to make the best the, the best hand of poker. Um, mm-hmm. I had seen Chris win a couple hands and I didn't know why, and then I saw him lose one and I and I didn't know why because I I I couldn't figure out which rule they were playing, so I went away from the table and asked the and asked the uh, casino host, and he was very condescending, (gasps) and he it was really it was really rough. Uh, He said, "If you're asking that question, I should just take your pager because Uh you're gonna get eaten alive at that table." Did you throw your drink in his face? I didn't. I didn't. I, I, oh, I was upset but I you know it, it was what it was um so I just I let you know who knows so Chris was still playing he didn't hear me do any of this and I didn't make a scene or anything so I just went back and sat but I was so pissed like you could just tell I was, yeah, pissed. Yeah, was yeah. like what's wrong I wouldn't tell him and so he plays finishes out his money loses loses his money it wasn't it didn't take too much longer anyway um but then my buzzer goes off that they're ready for me to play, and the casino host was like, "Oh, Rachel, you at your table." I'm like, "Absolutely not, not talking to you. We are not friends." Because um, it was and, the same one that wasn't nice yeah. to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Who? Like, I was like, I was so pissed. He's like, "No, we really want you to play." I'm like, "No, you really I want me to not go did. tell your boss?"
1: Yeah yeah
0: but anyway chris gets up from the table and he's like okay now i have to know why you're so pissed and i'm like no first you're gonna tell me were you playing one in your hand two on the board or sorry one in your hand four on the board or two in your hand three on the board and he said you know what i have no idea i won hands and i lost hands and i have no idea what happened and i just wanted to freaking throttle somebody
1: because that's a table flip right there that's i was
0: so angry that's shady Well, thank you for letting me get that out. Get that out. I needed that. But anyway, the the women are playing poker. Uh, If you ever want to play, Amanda, you can come to our table anytime. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Um, Susan uh, uh, Susan says Mike is taking her to a play and Lynette and Bree – uh, or Lynette says, "Well, why don't why do you want to go to some fun play? Why don't you come to see Little Red Riding Hood and meet my new best friend slash friend of me, Maisie Gibbons?" And Bree yeah. has heard of Maisie Gibbons.
1: Yes, Bree is aware, and Bree also thinks she's a nightmare.
0: Right, she says she likes to rule her little kingdom. Like, oh, you must have met our Maisie Gibbons.
1: Right, and I feel like if Bree's gonna say that, you know, it's pretty next level.
0: Because I you know would have thinking saying? she had she had taken her on at some point, right? Right. You would think. Right. Which maybe right. the boys are much younger than her children. So maybe she had older kids too. And you just, you never know because right. there are some parents that like transcend the grade levels. And then some you just hear stories about like, I have never even interacted with this person, but I've heard that they are a nightmare. But Bree seems feel to like feel like, yeah. Bree sounded like it was firsthand information though. Agreed. Agreed. So I would have loved to know what that what that was like, but
1: I thought it was an interesting conversation they had about how women fight versus how men fight.
0: Yes, and
1: I thought that was super interesting. And um, Lynette saying she preferred how men fight, where they just like get it out in the open and just duke it out.
0: Um, and yeah. Gabby, and G- yeah, and Gabby was totally here for it. She's like, "Aren't we being a little sexist?" I mean, part of that was just she wanted to sneak out of the room, right. but. Uh, but at the same time, I I was glad that somebody brought it up. That yeah, mm-hmm. that's really kind of that that's pretty sexist because I feel like I know the, men who don't who fight in a more covert way and fight in a more overt way, and I know women who do the same. I have I have female friends that are way more confrontational than I am, and then friends that won't tell you that they're mad; they just tell everybody else. Everybody that they're else, mad at you. right, right. <laughs> Um, uh, Juanita says that oh you know my belly is kind of bothering me I might be in the yeah I might be in the bathroom for a a minute and the ladies are like I don't like to play just the three of us playing poker so uh, you know let's take a break but Juanita is willing to help out yeah she jumps in and it's obvious right away that she's a little bit of a card shark because
1: she asks them why they're not playing for money
0: Yes, the ladies had not been playing for money; they were just playing for a chip. So she she says, "Oh," then says, "Okay, that's fine. We'll do fifty cents a bet." And Juanita said, "Let's double that. We'll make it a dollar. Three raise limit. Twenty dollar buy-in." She she knows exactly what she's doing
1: for sure. And meanwhile, our our girlfriend Gabby is <laughs> climbing out the window to go meet up with her boy. And of course, she's in a mini skirt and spiky heels. And of course, she falls out of the window. Because that's how this show goes,
0: I and I just have to continue that he keeps calling her Mrs. Solis, and it's yeah, so creepy. Oh gosh, and like she, Mrs. Robinson, right? And she's
1: mad at him because of Danielle, and she tells him, "I can do things to you that she can't even pronounce." And I was like, "What is she talking about? Like, what what things can't can't be pronounced?" But um, yeah, I thought that was a nice little meetup they had.
0: Also, you have to compete with a 15-year-old girl. Like, I would, I would imagine your sexual prowess is probably uh, superior to that of a 15-year-old girl. Right, way to go, Gabby.
1: Model, having lived your life, you know, in the spotlight, probably you're more experienced.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, Just uh, as a side note, behind the scenes, uh, Eva Longoria, when she was talking about this scene, she said that she had a great stunt double to do to do the falling over or you know climbing out of the window and over the um, over the fence. She had a great stunt double that she looked like her twin and she said, I wanted to do the part where I climb over the fence, but they, but they said, we really want you to fly over. And she said, yeah, I won't be any good at that. Um, she, so she said, if you do a rewatch of that, you can see that it's her foot, but she's the, but, um, but the stunt double is the one that flies over. So there's a little mm. bit of a, um, a, a, trivia. yeah, a little bit of a, a catch there too, um, nice. When Gabby returns, Juanita has cleaned out all the women, and I'm not really sure they're like, – I, like, I I paused it. There's over $200 on the table, and the buy-in was $20. So unless there were multiple rebuys, that, that's a uh, continuity error.
1: Well, but how often do you go to your friend's house across the street with your purse with a bunch of cash in it?
0: I don't typically have cash. If you Ever. mug me, I mean, I just have a list of my credit card number so I can call the credit card companies. Right. Yeah. I don't carry cash like that unless
1: we've gone on a trip somewhere and we've taken out cash and then I don't end up spending it. That's when I have cash in my wallet.
0: And only Agreed. that. Agreed. Agreed, or if somebody is in the the world of like again, most people just when we go out to lunch or something, they we venmo each other or Exactly, exactly. So I don't know about that. Um but back at Barcliff, Celia broke her hand playing tennis and now Maisie needs somebody to do the costumes. And Maisie's
1: really put out by Celia breaking her hand.
0: I mean, doesn't doesn't Maisie just have the worst luck ever? Well, it's so it's so hard for
1: her that other people go live their life and she's so affected by literally everything mm. so Lynette very very excitedly volunteers to um take over that sewing and Maisie's kind of like do you really do so and she said yes of course loved it and then now that she's doing some heavy lifting she wants
0: to have a voice in the conversation and I, I gotta say the other moms were here for it they so were because one mother starts applauding and all the others join in um and then then when it's time to vote she says you know we still have time we can we can change and Lynette calls for the vote and yes they show up for her they sure
1: do they sure do still feel like that's not gonna end well but at least Lynette
0: had her moment where she rallied her troops and this might be nitpicking but um Lynette has what appears to be a gold wedding band on her pinky finger of her right hand. When she raised her hand, I could, I just noticed that the hand she raised was her right hand. And she, I mean, I just, it was weird. It was weird to me that it was on the pinky finger and I can't find a reason for it, but it was there. Okay. Okay. Sorry. It's not more. Yeah. I just, I I wrote it down, but nothing ever came of it. Um, Susan is in sunglasses and a bucket hat, borrowing Ida's stick shift and follows Paul to Silvercrest Juvenile Rehabilitation Center, where um, Zach is being housed. And I got to say, back to the stick shift,
1: this is where I thought that part was going to really play in. But all we had was just a rough start. And that was all we
0: got from that story. Agreed, and we then we pan back to Bree is at lunch. It looks like at the Country Club, and Dr. Goldfind is in the same place to eat lunch, possibly reading a romance novel. A romance novel, yes. I was like, oh, that's intriguing. Right. Um, Bree approaches, and she asks if um, he would like to join. He would like him to join her, and he says that he doesn't socialize with clients. Uh, but Bree really wants to talk.
1: She has no boundaries with this man, like no bound for somebody who's so collected and so like thoughtful of every word and emotion that they show i feel like in this context multiple times she's just shown a complete lack of boundaries which i don't yep.
0: feel like tracks with her character i i agree and and maybe that's why uh, dr Goldfein eventually says yes and just the way she looks at him she looks so grateful and relieved oh. that Okay. you know, we'll have to figure out the the logistics of how this is going to work, but he's at least going to, he's, he's giving it a thought. He's going to do it. Yes. Yes. Oh, back at Gabby's, Lynette calls for Juanita and apparently Lynette owes Juanita money. So even the money that I saw on the table, which I Lynette. thought was too much. Yeah, it wasn't enough. So Gabby says, sure, I'm sure she'll take a check. And she tells Carlos that his mother did a great job playing cards.
1: And then Carlos comes out with the gambling addiction that uh, was pretty significant. It sounds like.
0: Yes, it sounds like that was that that is a true addiction um, for Juanita, and Carlos has never shared it with Gabby before. But she is so delighted that he did this time.
1: Oh, she loves this Achilles heel. This this is gonna be just the best part of her rest of her episode, I think.
0: Back at lunch, Dr. Goldfein says, we have to treat this as a session. So Brie writes him a check, and Dr. Goldfein really assumes that Brie doesn't like sex, and I thought that that was a misstep. He should, you would have imagined that he would have her lead the conversation. So maybe they don't have a therapist in the writer's room either, or a technical advisor on therapy.
1: I'm sure not, but I, I really... Um... It was shocking to me when Brie went into basically her soft core porn explanation of how much she loves the whole process of sex and all the sensations and like, I, (laughs) I don't know, it was, she was very descriptive.
0: And she, she totally owned it. The whole—I I agree. This is not something I would have pegged for Brie, and that's on—that's my bad. That's on me. But she absolutely does. I mean, she doesn't see any need for the scrotum. But besides no. that, she's all for it.
1: No, that was funny. That she does not like the scrotum. And that's I, what wrote, I have in my notes. <laughs>
0: And I wrote that um, there seems to be a guy who's clocking the whole conversation in the background, like watching her. And it very much reminded me of when Harry met Sally. Oh gosh, I'm <laughs> the sad. diner scene. I'm sad
1: I missed that. Oh that's gosh, that's such a great movie. Oh
0: goodness. Um, Gabby takes money to to lunch at a casino. <laughs> For the different. she spared no time, man. No, no time whatsoever. No, she was going to take her for the crab legs, but then
1: they were only going to hold that leather mini for, you know, two hours. So she needed to get there. And Juanita's like, like needs her fix. Like the second they're outside of the casino, she is not taking no for an answer. Like she will not be denied those crab legs.
0: And so Juanita says, you go ahead, go, go off without me, but I might be a while. Take all the time you want. Yeah. Uh, And so Gabby is able to go off and have her tryst with John. Yeah, what does she say? Motel, 10 minutes. Don't be late. Yeah, bossy. Speaking of power. Oh, there you go. That was good. And that's one of the, in my opinion, that's one of the reasons that that, um, she's picked up on needing power and that she can definitely uh, exert power against John, which is one of the reasons that relationship is just so not okay. Um, And find other ways of, of fulfilling that need. Gabby. And again,
1: back to my teacher lens, it's lunchtime. It's the middle of the day. (laughs) He's picking up his phone. Like he, is he in the middle of, you know, advanced trig? answering his phone like what I don't know
0: and what the hell is wrong with this private school because if if John goes to the same school as Danielle and Danielle is Bree's child who went to Barcliff, man the, you know what I just have so many problems with this school yeah what, yeah. The, what the hell yeah yeah <sighs> because yep. Yep. Maybe, maybe it wasn't a K-12
1: maybe Cliff is a K-8 and now they're in public okay where there's okay less
0: schools. okay um, okay maybe I'm being maybe I'm being un un. Fair, I, it's a because- plot hole.
1: It's a plot hole, and as a teacher, like that's, I need that to be a little tighter. You know what I mean? I need that. I need that setup to be a little tighter so that I can go along with with their storyline.
0: Don't ask me to suspend disbelief here, man. The yeah. it's. When it comes to education, I can't. But back at Briar, uh, Barcliff, I say Barcliffe, Barcliffe, uh, oh, Lynette and Maisie get into it about Lynette's costuming. Um, and oof. she says, Jordana Geist seems to get all her work done. She does concessions. She does the sets. She has three kids and a husband. And I have to say, good for her, not for me.
1: Right. And we see her like on a, like on, precariously perched on a ladder painting, like leaning over a broken leg waiting to happen. Oh, Lynette says she's taking some shortcuts on yeah. the costumes to try to get them all done. And the kids shouldn't suffer. May- uh, Maisie's comment just, i oh, mm. kids shouldn't suffer because you don't understand the concept of time management. Mm. What adult says that to another? What adult? Wh- who says that to anybody? It's just so dismissive
0: and so, just such a rotten insult. I don't know. Yeah, there was, so, there was so much. And she threatens, she, Maisie threatens to cut the two oak trees. Yeah. And though yeah, those are the parts that her kids are playing. And so Lynette is strong-armed uh, and she agrees to finish the costumes according to Maisie's expectations. But wait, what is worse? The threat of cutting the oak trees
1: or the threat of finding jobs for the boys backstage where the real action is? Because that's what Maisie said. Like we could cut yes. them... And we could get them backstage where the real action is. Like if you're Lynette, what's Mm -hmm. worse? Your
0: kids not getting to be on stage like a tree
1: or your kids being in the back in the mix.
0: Do you know what I I, mean? I think they're equal. One that her kids might be disappointed that they've, they were going to be on stage and be Oak trees. And, and there might be some level of, I want to see them on stage being Oak trees if I'm doing all this work. Um, that I don't want to see them behind. I don't want to see them backstage, and I also don't want them to be disappointed. I don't want to be disappointed. So I think I think that those can be working a lot. She does the way that they pan to the to the boys playing oak trees. It did seem like that the the first initial fear was I don't want my my kids to be disappointed. Yes,
1: yes. But I also feel like she wouldn't want them to be back where she knows that they were, are more likely to cause the chaos that they seem to enjoy causing. Although
0: we haven't really heard
1: much about them up to much since they've joined this new school.
0: Now that's hilarious. I did not consider that that she thought that they would be more they would be more trouble that way. I had not considered that. Thank you, Amanda. Consider
1: it now. Wrap your brain around it now.
0: I do. Oh my gosh. The, the, <laughs> what if they brought the whole set down while they're exactly. backstage? Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know what? And Maisie, you would deserve it. That's what I say. Yeah yeah <laughs> oh gosh um Susan oh, Susan Susan
1: great idea on how to really get into the silvercrest uh, Silver facility you know Julie just go ahead and fake some bulimia you know just gag a little
0: what I know I know oh, and, so and troublesome and, and Julie at least Julie's an adult she's a, she's a bit reluctant um but when she finds out, when she's like, why is this so important to you, mom? And she said, because my, my Mary Alice was my friend, and everyone thinks she did something terrible and selfish, and I want to be able to restore her image. I want to figure out what was bothering her so badly that this is the the avenue she took. And Julie finally says, yes, but you know what? When we're done with this, we got to talk about your parenting. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes
0: been a long time coming there Julie
1: yeah her heart Susan's heart is for sure in the right place but like trying to convince your daughter to like sneak into a, a treatment facility like I don't know that's a crime of... an
0: actual crime yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: oh my goodness um yeah. but we're back Juanita. with Gabby
1: yep Juanita been... has broken Carlos's visa oh my gosh
0: <laughs> and Gabby looks genuinely shocked like, that G- 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 Gabby goes to collect Juanita and Juanita says she lost using Carlos's credit card with a $15,000 limit. And even Gabby seems taken aback. Like, seriously? Yeah. And But is $15,000
1: like the just their number. number for the show? It's just their number. It's the number. Okay. All right. Yeah. So she broke Carlos's visa, which
0: I don't know. I mean, she seemed like she was going to try to help her out a little
1: bit, though. That was
0: good. Definitely. We'll, we'll figure out, we'll figure out what to do about that. Yes. Um, Yes. Brex, uh, Brex, that's their new name. Yeah, Um, married name. However, Brie has gotten something out of, out of this. We found that Brie does like sex. She definitely wants her marriage to be successful. So she shows up to Rex's hotel room in what has become a very iconic scene of the entire series. The full length mink with the, tousled hair I mean she looks smoking hot definitely for real definitely and she's carrying it so well like she's just yes there are things that uh, you know I I would be the Susan of this if I ever tried to do anything like that that would be the day that my car breaks down or what I, I would go yeah something would happen I'd end up in jail wearing my mink and bra and undies, and yeah. it would just be the shame of, of all shames. But Rex. she's got this. This is under control.
1: Yes. And we, we see Rex. I have written down Tom, but definitely not Tom. <laughs> Rex, who just looks slovenly with, like, his giant pizza box and this messy-ass burrito in his hand. Which I'm like, oh, this burrito is going to be problematic. Which, you know, it ends up being the buzzkill because they they start kind of going at it a little bit and it seems mm-hmm. like it's really working for both of them and then brie turns and sees this burrito that's like dripping its contents like it's about to be a mess and you you just know like yep yeah. welcome back brie there you are there she is
0: so there are two things that I want to talk about there. One, behind the scenes. Um, in an interview, Marsha Cross, who plays Bree, said, if I told you how many times we had to squeeze that burrito to get the cheese to fall out just so on the floor, you wouldn't even believe me. We're all staring at the burrito and there was a burrito special effect man who was behind it with a plunger and he would push it forward while we were kissing and it was just, it was just the worst. So there's so much work getting to getting that part done, but back in the scene, back in the, back in the moment, Bree's watching that burrito and just, here's where I will go with that. There is definitely a control issue here, I'm sure, but the other part is a genuine concern and care for other people because this is a hotel room. She's not going to be expected to clean it up. She really cares that somebody else is going to have to be, have be, be the person to have to get that stain out.
1: I wonder, though, I I honestly wonder, like, I'm picturing my own brain in that scenario. I don't know that I'm so much thinking about the other person or who's going to have to clean it up. I'm thinking about, oh, my gosh, we can't let this mess happen. Okay. You know, like, That's fair. whether it's my mess to clean up or housekeeping or whatever, like, you can't have a burrito dump out onto the carpet. Like, I think that that is, that would literally only be like my only laser focused thought. Not, not What's like gonna being happen kind after? to anybody or being worried about the the task I'm setting up for myself, but just burrito, carpet, bad.
0: Absolutely. And that yeah. it's, that it's like an instinct. It's like a, it's like an impulse. Like you can't yeah. even control it. And I think yes. for Bree, that is absolutely true, but whatever. It ruins the whole moment for Rex and he tells her he's not in the mood anymore. She might as well leave.
1: And her parting words are, it's obvious you've never had to remove a cheese stain.
0: Hmm. And I love the hmm at the end. Yeah. yeah. Just well She's not wrong. It is obvious no. you've
1: never had to do
0: anything. A lot of privilege there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lynette reaches out to Bree and Susan for help with the costumes and is unsuccessful. You know, both of them have things going on. But Jordana is willing to help. Even though she has to make 25 quiches for her book club. I do love a quiche. I wish I was in her book club. I don't like a quiche, so oh. I can't re- I can't relate. But you know what? Maybe you'll open my eyes to that there are better quiches, and I've just had bad quiche. I had like, I had it when I was studying abroad, and oh. I just I hated it.
1: But is it, it the egg part or the pie part you don't like? like do you like I, a
0: pie crust? It was quiche Lorraine, and all I can tell you Fish, is I covered good. it in salt and tried to you know, like make it palatable because that's mm-hmm. what was on the menu in, at harlexton in, uh, the United Kingdom that night. And I just, I never had the ambition to have a quiche ever again. Yeah. Okay. So maybe it's a texture issue.
1: I feel like, I feel like we might need to do an event at the end of this where we just make the foods that we've talked about and have like Ooh. our charcuterie board is not like delicious prosciutto and things like that. It's, It's representations of the dishes that we've talked about in this season.
0: There is also a Desperate Housewives cookbook that we could employ the use of. Interesting. Things that make you say, hmm. Yeah. So Jordana, how does she do it? How do these things get done? What's her secret?
1: Well, Annette wants to know know too.
0: Lynette wants to know too, right? And Jordana reaches for her purse and shows her a little bottle of pills. You say Adderall. I'm not sure if it's Adderall or Ritalin. I would assume it's one of the two. That seem, those seem to be the most commonly um, prescribed. And she offers some to Lynette, but she declined. She said she just smoked some crack.
1: Right, right. You're not supposed to mix. You're not supposed to mix.
0: And which one of them says you ever
1: chug a pot of Turkish coffee? Was that Jordana, Jordana. explaining it? It reminded me a lot of the movie Airplane where... Leslie Nielsen's like, you ever seen a grown man naked or you ever been in a Turkish bath? There's like this one scene where he just keeps coming in and like asking the kid, the kid who's in the cockpit with Magic Johnson these questions. And that that Turkish coffee comment took me right there. But it also makes me wonder, what's the magic of Turkish coffee? Like, is it extra caffeinated? Because if so, I could use it on Mondays. I thought
0: of the same thing. I'm like, instead of developing an Adderall or uh, Ritalin addiction, I might just figure out Turkish coffee. But then I didn't deep dive on that because apparently I did so many deep dives because we're already at an hour and I'm so sorry.
1: (laughs) Oh, Lord have mercy. But let's circle back to the Turkish coffee for our charcuterie. It'll be our, our bevy.
0: I've got to know, Um, Gabby is willing to help Juanita. She says that she'll just sell some old jewelry. Hello, $15,000 necklace. It's a great exchange, right? Also, the $15,000 that we need for y'all Lin, why don't you sell two pieces of jewelry? Right. Um, And Carlos will never know. And Gabby said, and and Juanita, she's like, why would you help me?
1: Right, right. This is the happiest day of your life. Like, Gabby is very, very... I don't know. I feel like she was she was just her best self in that moment because she's like, as much as I don't love you, I love him that much. So like, I don't want him to be upset. I feel like that was the most selfless we've seen from her.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, even if her intention is not that, if her intention is really to get Juanita to trust her enough to leave her the heck alone so she can continue having her tryst, or at least not get caught having her trust, mm-hmm. um, then... You know, it's one of those moments that it's a lie, but what she's saying is true enough that it helps every, that it helps out everybody. And Juanita is still cold about it, so Gabby says, "You know what? Never mind. I'll just tell Carlos myself." But Juanita tells her, "No, go ahead, hang up. I believe you." And that's how they're going to handle the credit card mishap. And
1: we just all we think it's all going to be buttoned up nicely. Beep beep beep. Done.
0: Susan uh, has made an appointment, apparently, at Silvercrest to see Dr. Sicker, who is the doctor that is apparently in charge of Zach's care, uh, and Julie does sneak in. She's she's masterful.
1: Right. And Susan's like, remember, uh, uh, like, tries to <laughs> no. cue her on how to make like she's bulimic. Ugh. It was so offensive. <laughs> so offensive. But what is also offensive is the lack of security in this facility. If it's so easy for... Julie for suburbian Julie to sneak in there. How are
0: these kids not sneaking out? Agreed. I would, again, I don't know how much research he did into places that could help his son, uh, but that's, it doesn't seem to be the, it doesn't seem to be the best place. And, and, uh, Also, Susan has apparently made this appointment because she's going to write a children's book about mental health or something like that. Like, why can't that be the reason? I hope you really do write that book because that book is important, but this is all such a gag. Um, Yeah, I agree. I wrote that down. This place doesn't have security for shit, but yours was much more articulate, so thank you. Um, Also, Julie immediately finds Zach. It did not take her any trouble. Super easy. Super easy to find him. And
1: he is just mellow and she's like mm-hmm. what's wrong man and he's like these drugs man i i wanted her to be like stop taking them hide them in your mattress like in every other movie where you have an adolescent in a treatment facility you know <laughs>
0: And she is so masterful. You'd think that she could have slipped that in, but she, she really wants to know, she wants to know what she meant, what she, you know, she knows about the conversation that Zach had with Bree and she wants to know what he meant when he told Bree that his mom killed herself because of something he did. And Zach does start to say that he started remembering things that happened when he was little now that his mom has passed away. And he says he remembers what happened to someone called Dana. Dana.
1: Dana, who's Dana? Dun, dun, dun.
0: Julie has no idea who Dana is, um, but before they get to talk any more about it, a nurse interrupts and says, Zach isn't allowed visitors, and Julie leaves. Again, it's just that easy to leave. Yeah. The nurse isn't going to pull you by the scruff of your neck and, and right. be like, who are you, intruder? Right. <laughs> oh. Hole.
1: Again, oh, with a plot hole. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Bree
0: Rex- with her. Yeah. Yeah. Little kit where she's fixing her... Broken coffee mug. There's so much going on here, right? When Bree's fixing the mug, when Rex arrives at their home, he says that he needs to pick up some papers. um, And he says, why are you even bothering to repair that old mug when you can buy a new one? And Bree says she thinks it's better to fix what you already have. Such a good moment there. It was almost like it was set up that way. Um, Also, if you
1: don't live in that house anymore, you don't just walk in.
0: I would say not. This is my home.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you ring the doorbell. Because that's scary. Like, imagine being yeah imagine being Brie, although she, you know, has more guns than the NRA. But still, like, she doesn't have it, like, it on her in a shoulder holster. She's sitting there defenseless and someone's in her house.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it maybe it's just key. But still, I think even even so, it's a matter of, no, you don't get to come and go as you please. You either right. live here or you don't. Right. We um, have
1: an interesting it, conversation where – Bree kind of comes out of a bag at him and blames Rex for the disconnect. And and it's obvious there's something wrong. And I felt like we were right on the cusp of Rex sharing what what the deal was. And then, nope.
0: My favorite piece of this scene is that Brie absolutely, I don't like the word slut-shamed. I prefer sex-shamed to, to that phrase. But she absolutely refuses to be sex-shamed. Mm -hmm. um but she said and she says you know you humiliated me rex and while i don't like what she said about you know normal men would be uh would be clawing the walls by now i don't there's nothing normative about human sexuality it's on a spectrum there's you know i i get what she's saying but i wish that she had said it a little bit differently but Mm brie says that maybe this disconnect yeah it's you and not me um so you know what the house is spotless take me right here um and, and he, he says, you know, stop, you sound like a whore and she said, No, I sound like a woman whose husband won't touch her. Right. And right. she's not going to take that line. Like she's just she, literally she's not gonna take it. Like you like you will engage with me. She's not fighting a conflict here.
1: I don't yeah, she she's tired of him just putting it on her. Yeah. Hmm. But he's
0: yeah. he's and, and she's also she also says she's been affected by Mary Ellis' death. She wants to know what what is, are you keeping from me, Rex? What is it that you can't say? and he he won't he won't show up for that moment. He leaves right away.
1: Yes. Mm. So Lynette is still sewing.
0: I know and it's so terrible. It, like her house looks terrible. She looks exhausted. It says she's been sewing for 18 hours and she starts to cry and man, I've been there.
1: Yeah, yeah. when not, it's just like not on sewing for me, but on working on trying to get something done. Mm-hmm. by myself and feeling frustrated
0: yeah i and and so that that just that that feeling of frustration and then she decides that she's gonna take her kids 80 AD, add medication Jordana has has opened her eyes and she changes her
1: whole personality in about four minutes Those i don't know how begin,
0: i don't that. i don't know how long it takes to 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 kick in um if that's one that needs to like needs to um collect in your blood and and is useful but apparently like it was it was like the limitless pill for her
1: right right or like a dexatrim from the 80s <laughs> oh,
0: that's good um and it seems to be working because she's now done with the, the costumes and she's moved on to the house we can clean that, the damn house now she's cleaning with a
1: q-tip and that house <laughs> probably hasn't looked that spotless since they closed on it
0: Oh, if then! Oh my goodness! Um, as the sun rises, we're at Gabby's house, and Juanita tells Carlos that she doesn't think Gabby is having an affair, and Carlos looks relieved.
1: He really does. And then, and then, he shares with her that, with Juanita, that she that she told he told Gabby about the um, gambling addiction, and Juanita mm. has a ding, ding, ding moment right there. You can just see that look cross over her face, like. She realizes she's been Mm -hmm. duped.
0: Absolutely. And this is now new ammo for her. Can't wait to see how she, how she works through it. Um, but at Susan's house, Susan went through all the yearbooks and there is no Dana that Julie and Zach ever went to school with. Julie wants to visit again, but Susan is not as, uh, not as eager this time. Nope.
1: She's not.
0: She's not. Something is, something is malevolent there. She's not, she's not sure she wants to, to keep looking. Um, But Juanita now was sure that Gabby was having an affair and watching the fact she clocks it, she, she clocks that, uh, Gabby completely ignores John and that, oh, it's like the epiphany. Like now I know.
1: Now she knows. Mm. Can't wait to see how that's going to unfold. I feel like I know you already know, and I know (laughs) our listeners probably already know. And I used to know at one time, but like, I feel to stay on brand with this show, there's going to be some blackmail involved. It's been—it's been like two episodes since we've had a, a good blackmail sequence, so I feel like it's coming.
0: Dun dun
1: dun! Not a lot. Uh,
0: Lynette shows. Lynette shows back up at Bar Club, and Maisie says that Cecilia Bond is still credited with the costumes. She and forgot
1: to tell the printer
0: oh, they, in quotation yeah. marks, they forgot. Well, who's they, exactly? Well, I guess that would be me.
1: Yeah. Mm. She's nasty. She is a straight-up Regina George. Yes! 100%. Queen,
0: she's a queen bee mom, if you haven't already read. If you read Queen Bees and queen Wannabes, and um, Wannabes. Um, which yes. is what Mean Girls is based off of, there is Queen Bee Moms and Kingpin Dads, which I highly recommend. Teach yes. people how to socialize with one another's children's or one another's children's parents without being jerk faces.
1: Yes. She,
0: the, the icing on the
1: cake for me was when she insulted mm. the coonskin hat that looked like roadkill. Now, come on. Every coonskin hat looks like freaking roadkill. Like that what, is actually
0: the point of the coonskin cap, right. Is it
1: not? Right. And she was mad before because it didn't look enough like roadkill, but now <laughs> it's too much like roadkill. Like we're just, it's a kid's play and we're going to see it for all of about three minutes.
0: And Lynette calls her out and she is ready to throw down. She is ready to throw hands. Yes, she is. Go Lynette. And these other
1: moms these other moms, I swear, you know in their head they're wanting to do like the middle school like fight, fight, fight. Like get around it in a circle
0: and she tells her that she needs to take her sorry ass outside and uh, you know Maisie's not gonna show up for that uh but Lynette's gonna have all the final words and she says you know Maisie says I don't have time for this and Lynette says you know what next year we're doing Bambi and she's gonna take a slug to the head and you're gonna like it yes yeah,
1: I wrote that in my notes.
0: And I yeah. just have to say, I mean, it's not nice or fair or anything. Felicity Huffman, I'm sure she's not listening to this, but it might hurt her feelings. But I'm like, you know what? She's gonna do fine in the yard when she gets sentenced to prison for her scaring <laughs> herself in the college scandal. Oh my
1: gosh, have you watched the the um, docu series on that? Yes, oh, I we've have. talked about it. We've talked about
0: it. Oh. I have. And right. I know that we're the same person because we would definitely exactly. watch that. It's. Oh, gosh. Well, uh, last words from Mary Alice. Um, the search for power begins when we are quite young. As children, we're taught that the power of good triumphs over the power of evil. But as we get older, we realize that nothing's ever that simple. And traces Thank of evil always, always remain. remain. Oh, it's so true. And we pan over a yellow blanket that says what? It says... Uh,
1: I forgot her name, I was about to say Rita, and that's not even it, Dana. Dana! And it was a pink balloon that I thought was a spot of blood.
0: Well, but I understand why you would think that, because anything that comes into contact with uh, Paul Paul Young is probably gonna have blood, you know, be bloody in some way, because he's yeah. just, he's, he's a challenging character. <sighs> oh,
1: what an episode chock full of so much good treasure.
0: Well, thank you, as always, to my co-host, Amanda Baum. It was uh, always lovely seeing you. And until next week, week, I'm Rachel. And I'm Amanda. And this is Noisy Noisy Fulfillment. See you next time. Bye.